0: Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Hello, everybody. I'm Gloria Copeland, and welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Billy Brim from Prayer Mountain in the Ozarks is back, and she's on fire for God. So don't miss any of the broadcasts. Welcome, Billy. We are glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. And today I'm going to preach a sermon. All yes, right. And it's one of the most anointed ones that I have. Now, normally it takes me about 90 minutes, but I'll try my best to do it less. (laughs) But you know, Brother Hagin always said, when God gives you a sermon supernaturally, it never loses its power and anointing. I believe that. He had how how to write your own ticket with God was given him in a dream. This was given me in a dream. That was life changing. It it, it was, and it's just powerful. Um, It was in the late 1970s. Uh, A woman had graduated from our first class at Rhema, Elizabeth Pruitt. Yeah. Tall woman uh, with red hair, bright red hair. And really nobody invited, they wanted some Rhema graduates to come and be pastors, but nobody asked for a redheaded woman to come, you know. (laughs) So she went over, she had some relatives that lived over in Westville, Oklahoma, Adair County, and they invited her over and she started a church. Westville, Oklahoma, in Adair County. Adair County was the poorest county in the whole United States of America. So she goes to the poorest place in the whole United States of America to start a church. And she starts having results. She's teaching what they teach at Mm Ramah. And she's a Holy Ghost girl from way back. She'd known Brother Hagin, even when she was a child, he came to her church in West Texas. So uh, she met, you know, just in storefront buildings here and there. And the local Methodist church building came for sale. It was one of those old brick churches, you know, with the stained glass windows. It came for sale for $11,000. My word. But that was 1970s. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, even then that was a low price. Yeah. And so the Lord told her to buy it, but she didn't have any money to buy it. And so she went off on a meeting preaching somewhere and the Lord gave her a plan. He said, you can have a church-a-thon. He said, a television stations have telethons. You can have a church-a-thon. And he showed her the plan. Well, a lot of people knew Elizabeth and loved her. And so she started calling them one by one. And she said, I'm going to have a week-long meeting. The Lord showed me, would you come and take a night? So she invited uh, David Ingalls. He came to take a night. Rick McKnight and uh, some others. I can't remember exactly all. And the big day was going to be Sunday afternoon. And uh, they were also going to be uh, another Sunday night meeting. But Sunday afternoon was going to be Kenneth E. Hagan. And people were coming from everywhere Christ to hear at, at this church a thon when she advertised it. They all wanted to come to this little small place yeah. where they could be, you know, in a close um, proximity with Brother Hagin and with some of these other teachers. And so uh, the big service was gonna be Sunday afternoon. Now I was gonna get to speak like Monday morning or something, but you know, the big time that was Sunday afternoon. Well, on Saturday, Brother Hagin was in meetings in the South and we got a phone call that the weather was that he couldn't come out, tornadoes. Mm. So she said, Billy, you're going to have to do the Sunday afternoon service. Whoa, <laughs> I'm the editor of the Word of Faith. You know, I do go out teaching at Women's Aglow, things like that in our Sunday school class in Collinsville, but I'm not a big name preacher. And here they're coming to hear Brother Hagin from everywhere, Sunday afternoon. So I go to bed at night thinking about it. And I decided, I decided, I know what I'll do. I know that scripture in the Bible where Moses had to restrain them from coming. They brought so much money for the, so much gold, so much beautiful tapestry, so much uh, handiwork for the building of the uh, sanctuary, the tabernacle, that they had to be restrained from coming. I thought, I'll use that for the text. I will use the text where they had to be restrained from coming. So here is the text. And this is in uh, chapter 36 of Exodus. And they spoke unto Moses, saying, the people that were building, doing the work of the building, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work, which the Lord commanded us to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much they brought in a too much offering i have never heard of this I've in never history seen that. never heard it in history that, that it had ever I've happened experience outside the word of god where the people brought too much i think it's a great idea it's a great idea <laughs> so i thought well i'll use that for my text and i'll just Get a big offering Sunday afternoon. <laughs> but Brother Hagin always taught us now to rightly divide the word, you don't lift scriptures out of context. Yeah. You go back and you get them into context. So, mm-hmm. in the 25th chapter uh, of Exodus, the Lord had told Moses, I want them to take me an offering. I want them to build me a sanctuary. I want to dwell among you. So, over in the 35th chapter, Moses begins to take up this offering. So I go back. I want to be scripture. I go to back bed on Saturday night, reading this, the last thing. 35th chapter of Exodus, verse 4. And Moses spoke unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take you from among you an offering unto the Lord, whoever is of a willing heart. A willing heart. Offer. Let him bring it, the offering to the Lord. And then he names gold and silver and brass and the tapestry work that they're going to make and onyx stones. Then down in verse 10, and every wise hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded. The tabernacle in his tents and he names everything. Verse 20, And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of the Lord. And they came, everyone whose heart Mm -hmm. stirred him up. Whose heart was in him. And everyone whom his spirit made willing. The heart and the spirit are the same thing. Spirit, soul, body. Heart, soul, body. Everyone came whose heart stirred him up. Their hearts were stirred. And whose spirit made willing. Verse 22, and they came both men and women, as many as were willing hearted. And they brought bracelets and earrings. And it says what all they brought. Verse 25, and all the women that were wise hearted did spin with their hands. Verse 26, all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom, spun goat's hair. Verse 29, the children of the Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And then there were some people that God, uh, Bezalel, right. Bezalel. Be in Hebrew means in, Tzal uh, means shadow, and El means God. So this man was named Beth. He is in the shadow of God. He just stays right in the shadow of God, right with God. And God filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding. And then there was others. And verse 34, he put it in his heart that he may teach. And he put into verse 35, them hath he filled with wisdom of heart. And so... uh, brought in going on into chapter 36, uh, Bezalel and his helpers and every wise hearted man did the work of the Lord. And Moses called Bezalel and every wise hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come into the work and to do it. And they received of Moses the offering and that's when it became too much. And they spake unto Moses saying, the people bring too much. And so I go to bed at night and I'm thinking on, I'm going to preach for my text on that part where they brought too much. But because Brother Hagin taught us to put things in, always go back and check, you know, the setting, don't lift it out of its setting. And so I thought, huh. Now here I'm thinking offering is the subject and it is, but there's more mention of the hearts. Mm. There's always a mention of the heart, the condition of the heart, the wise hearted, the willing hearted, wisdom in the heart, over and over heart. So I go to bed at night. Heart is the, in heart, the heart, the heart, the heart. It's mentioned the heart. So I go to bed at night and I dream and I have a dream and I see me preaching the next day. I'm in the pulpit and I give a scripture. And I give a scripture from 1 Samuel. And this was the scripture that I'm, I'm watching me preach in the dream. 1 Samuel 16, 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go, your shofar. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake. And came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come down at Jesse's house that Samuel, the oldest boy, prayed it out in front of him. Eliav. And he looked, Samuel, the prophet, looked on Eliav, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. I mean, this is the man. The prophet says this. But the Lord Mm -hmm. checked him on it. The Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him. Mm, he looked good. He looked good. But. But. He wasn't the one. I have refused him for, throughout the Bible, we get the character of God. Here's the character of Jehovah God, the Father. The Lord Seeth not as man seeth; mm-hmm. man looks on the outward appearance, but Jehovah looks on the heart. Amen. So then comes seven of seven of Jesse's sons come out there, and Samuel, every one, the Lord said, not the one. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are these all your sons? These all your children? He says, Well, there remaineth the youngest. He keeps the sheep. So Samuel said, fetch him. He brought him in. He wasn't very important. No, he just out there, the young one (laughs) keeping the sheep. Out there communing with God. Yeah, right. And uh, so he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready and of a good counsel, beautiful countenance and goodly to look at. And the Lord says to Samuel, the prophet, arise, anoint him for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Now, you remember that God said, I, I am finding me a king whose heart is toward me. That's right. Mm-hmm. See, now here we hear it. Mm-hmm. God said, and I'm preaching it, preaching it that day. God's not like men. No. He only looks on the heart, period. Mm-hmm. That's right. So then I give another scripture. I'm up there preaching. I give another scripture. And the next scripture that I give in my dream is Second Chronicles sixteen seven. And Asa, is the king of Judah. And Asa, the king of Judah, the southern kingdom, has made an alliance with some foreign kings. He said, "Now the king of Israel is after me." He relied. He relied on them. He made a. He made a. Yeah, he made a covenant with some foreign kings. And with a king uh, wow. to, to, to come against, to, to protect him. So the Lord sends him a prophet, straighten him out. Read that, Billy, read that scripture in 16.7. Yes. And at that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because, because you have relied on the king of Syria and not relied on Jehovah, your God. Therefore is the army of the king of Syria escaped out of your hands. Mm-hmm. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubim a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into your hands. Those were other battles he'd already had. And he relied on the Lord and the Lord already mm-hmm. saved him. But this time he made alliance. Mm-hmm. Four. Now here comes one of those. Throughout okay. the Old Testament, you can find the characteristics of God. Here's one of them. Four. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart heart is perfect toward him. Upright. You have done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth, you shall have wars. So here's a characteristic of of God. He's right now doing it. He never stops it. He never changes. His eyes are going to and for in all the earth looking. He never looks on the outward appearance. He only looks on the heart. And his eyes are going to and fro right now while we're doing this television, while you're watching it. The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro in the out of the whole earth looking into hearts. Yeah. Now, this is another thought. Who else is looking? Yeah, that's Satan's right. Who's looking for what? Right. Whom he may devour. That's right. But this not me. is not me. No, and I don't know that he's looking in the hearts. He might be looking someplace else, but the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. In my dream, the Lord said to me, do you know what I'm looking for in those hearts? Hmm. What? Faith. Faith. When I find faith in a heart, yeah, that's right. working that's right. by love, I can do anything. Elizabeth, he said, has faith in her heart. She's believing me and I can do anything. I never, he said to me in the dream, I never look at the house the faith in the Spirit resides in. I never look at the condition of the house, the body, the age, the gender, the color. It doesn't matter if the house is four years old or 84 mm-hmm. years old. If there is faith in the heart, operating in love, I can do anything. Praise God. So I woke up in the morning and this sermon came in the nighttime, so I'm going to preach it. And Elizabeth walks in and I saw all this in my dream. I saw this all in my dream that it happened the next day. I saw Elizabeth walk in. She had a dress. Her aunt was making her a whole new wardrobe for the meeting. Remember, Elizabeth's, the town is poor. They don't have much money. So her aunt goes and finds a bargain on fabrics and makes her a wardrobe. And so I saw her in my dream walk in and the wardrobe had a dark, uh, uh, it had a white bodice and then it had a dark all the way to the floor, long dress. She comes in the back. She's got it on. Same one I had in the dream. So I get to act out the dream. Now, she told me later, she said, I'd planned to wear several other dresses, but I took them out of the brand new dresses, took them out of the closet. They had a spot on them. I came to that one. I put it on. She walks in. She's got it. So I preach this exactly like I have, uh, the Lord gave it to me in the nighttime. Then I did what he, I saw me do in the dream. In the dream, I said, Elizabeth, come up here. Come up to the front. She came up to the front. I said, How many can see Elizabeth? It's a huge crowd. Everybody raised their hand. They can see Elizabeth. And I said, Oh, no, you can't. You have never seen Elizabeth. Clifford, her husband, she was Elizabeth Pruitt then. He later died and she married again. But then it was Clifford, I said, You have never seen your wife. <laughs> and to the girls, and, and, and her relatives. You have never seen your mother. You have only seen the house she lives yeah. in. Now, Elizabeth is tall. She's really outgoing. She has bright red hair. She stands up there. And in my dream, I act out exactly what I said in my dream Elizabeth, stand up here. I said, Elizabeth, you only can see the house Elizabeth lives in. Elizabeth is on the inside, she's a spirit and she's looking out these windows, the eyes. She's on the inside looking out these windows. And then I turned to Elizabeth and something came up in my spirit that I didn't hear the night before. And I said, you just see the house Elizabeth lives in. And this house just happens to have a red roof. Mm -hmm. And I got tickled at that and they all got tickled at that and they all could see that's not Elizabeth. Elizabeth is a spirit and in that spirit, if God finds faith in that heart, in that spirit, and it's working by love, then He can do anything and He wants to do everything. Yeah, and right. He's doing it right now. He doesn't care if you live in a house that's a female house. He doesn't care if you live in a house that's a that's a old house, 100 years old. He doesn't care if you live in a three-year-old house, four-year-old house. He doesn't care if you live in a white house, a black house, a brown house, a, a red house, a yellow house. It, nothing of that matters, only what's on the inside yes, in that spirit. Mm-hmm. And in that spirit, he looks, he looks on the heart. That's why even back in Exodus, the, the offering to be accepted had to be given of a willing heart. Yes, it's the same right. way with our mm-hmm. offerings. That's good. He loves a cheerful, cheerful. giver. One who wants to give from his heart. He's looking for those who worship him, who worship him from their hearts. He's looking. He told that woman, I said, well, I'm looking for those that worship me in spirit. So if, if, if you develop your heart, your spirit, you can walk in a realm with God, a realm with communion, and your faith will work. Your faith will work. It's all on the basis, you know, I think my children are so beautiful and my grandchildren are so beautiful. I think they are. But somebody else thinks theirs are more beautiful. And sometimes people are not so beautiful on the outside. But God isn't even looking on the outside. No, He looks at the He's looking at the heart. That's right. And if He finds in that heart, that's what He told me, if I find faith, mm-hmm. it's really important to know that it's not need that moves the hand of God, but faith. If I find faith in a heart working by love, faith works by love, I can do anything. He said, Elizabeth Pruitt will believe me for anything. And you know what? We got all the $11,000 and too much over. And she brought the church and had, by the time she left Westville, That town had learned how to walk in prosperity. And it came up, Adair County came up. It was no longer the poorest county in America. Amen. Why was that? Because of the Word of God that was preached and received. And you know that'll happen in your life if you'll get in the Word and begin to do what it says and put it in a place of prominence, act on it, do it. That's why Billy and I are not broke today. Isn't that right, Billy? That's right. We found out. <laughs> no, we Somebody used to be. Said we were so broke. They were so broke they couldn't pay attention. But you can't get that broke. You can pay attention. Billy and I will be right back. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes.